over the past couple of uh, months now, I've been really preaching on the Holy Spirit. And um, God's doing some big stuff in the church. He's doing some big things in me through this whole process. It's, it's, I've never had a love for God and the Holy Spirit like I have in this day and hour right now. Because we're living in a world that you know it. We, you see it. We live in a world where, where it's really it's a dividing line. You're either living for God or you're not. You're either all in or you're not. I mean, it's getting to the point. There's really no in-between anymore. But our goal as a church and our passion is to get as many people that we can to heaven. My goal is to depopulate hell. That is my mission. That should be our mission. And their number one mission is depopulate hell and begin to increase the population of heaven. And every Sunday there ought to be a celebration in heaven where all the angels begin to rejoice because one more come home. One more made him their Lord and their Savior. And so I've been really passionate about the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing. When I was a boy, a young man, I was raised in a church that that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. I was, there's two things that I was never taught. I was never trained. I was never taught. Thank you, Pastor Dave. You're fine. I was never taught about giving to the Lord. No one ever really taught. You, you just need to tithe. Well, tell me why. And I, and I have a whole series that, that, that I can share about tithing and giving and understand why we do what we do. And, and that has really uh, turned our church upside down in a good way. And that's why that we have been able to stay out of debt. We don't take up offers. You all just give because you're just obedient. It's just a part of who you are. But there's another area that I have never been taught about either. And it was really about the Holy Spirit. I was taught about God. And I was taught about Jesus. But I really wasn't taught about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and listen to me. Uh, in Joel chapter uh, here, um, in Joel, it says that, and in the last days, in the last days, and I don't have this up here, that he said, I will pour out my spirit on some of the flesh, on all flesh. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. God gave me this scripture about five, ten minutes ago when Denny was praying for me and uh, Carl was praying. We was praying back there before this service. And God said, I want you to share this because we're going to talk about understanding the Holy Spirit. Because there have been so many misconceptions over the year on this. People want to shy away from this topic. Listen to me. If, if, if God says that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh... And if he's going to live in us for the rest of our life, don't you think we ought to know a lot about the Holy Spirit? But for whatever reason, the church shies away from that. We're going to talk about why the church shies away from that. But we're going to talk about why we should run to him and not away from him. So how many is ready to learn a little bit about the Holy Spirit this morning? Come on, let's learn. About, and by the way, I, I actually went, I've been ministering on the Holy Spirit and, and, and I, I, I get really passionate. I said, I'm going to go to one of my mentors and that's Robert Morris. And so I'm going to minister 
uh, chapter one, and I believe our young adults over here, their small group has already went through this book a little bit, went into it, dibbling and dabbling in it. We're all going on chapter one, so this is going to be review for you, kind of like, you know, catch back up. So make sure I'm telling this stuff right, okay, after this is over with. Uh, so I'm going to minister one, and we're going to talk about really truly understanding the Holy Spirit. Because I remember when I first got saved, I was 15 years old, and I got really on fire for God. I was a little Baptist boy and uh, not taught about any of this stuff. And I got with a group of young people who was on fire for God. And we started praying and seeking God. And the Holy Spirit in us, we got us hungry for more. And we started praying. And one by one, the young men and women in my group began to be filled with the Spirit. And they started receiving some prayer languages. And, and I thought, what's that? And the first thing I did was, whoa. Hang on, you know, it's the way I was taught, but I got caught up and I started praying. All of a sudden, God gives me my prayer language. Now, what am I supposed to do with that? God, you take it back. I don't believe in this. What am I supposed to do with that? I can't sit and deny it, but God gave me a beautiful, wonderful prayer language, and I thank God for that, and I use it constantly. But, but when after I received the, 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 the anointing and, and being baptized with the Holy Spirit, God began to reveal things to me about people. And still today, he does that. I'll be sitting in elders meeting. God starts revealing things about elders. I don't tell them. God reveals things about our staff or our staff meeting. God reveals things to me with you when I'm with you. When, when I'm counseling people, he reveals things. And I'm like, God, what is this? It's the Holy Spirit. And, and I remember uh, there was a guy in our group that he was going through a very difficult season, very difficult time. And God challenged me. And, and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go tell him that I've heard his prayer, and I'm going to answer it. Now, here I am, probably 19 years old. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, God. I don't want to get off in goofiness here. He's going to think I've lost my mind. You know, when you, but I did. So I went up to him, and I told him by the power of the Holy Spirit leading and directing me, and I told him, I said, look, I, I can't explain. I don't know what you've been praying for, but God just told me, I'm supposed to tell you, you've been praying for something big. I don't know what it is, but God's about ready to answer it in a few days. That's all I know. He started crying, fell to his knees, said, thank you for telling I've been praying for this, this. And he, but, but listen, that's the Holy Spirit. And that's what God wants to do in all of us. And so let's talk about this this morning. And Jesus started talking to, the, to his disciples about this the night before he was going to be crucified, okay? He was in the room with them, and they, it's the Lord's Supper. He had just finished washing their feet. Now, he has prepared them for years now, for a few years, preparing them that he was going to die and be crucified and die, and he was going to leave. So he's been preparing this for, for, for a few years now, but now's the moment. He's with them, just finished washing their feet. And, then, and that's why he says this in John 14, verses 1. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because he knows at 9 o'clock in the morning, he, he's going to be crucified. And then right after he tells them this, after he served in the meal, washed their feet. And by the way, he washed Judah's feet too. People that sinned against him, he loved them. He still cared for them, okay? Doesn't matter who they are. He washed his feet, and then he turns immediately and starts telling them about the Holy Spirit. Now, this is good. 
So those of you who want to know about the Holy Spirit and understand more about the Holy Spirit this morning, I'm going to show you, okay? This is not me making it up. This is his words. So I want you, to, regardless of where you're at, because I know we got all different kinds of groups of people here. We got some Pentecostals here. We got some Baptists here. We've got Methodists here. We've got some Catholics here. We've got, we're just a mixing pot of everybody. And so we stick with the Bible, and God just, it, we, we can't go wrong when we do that. I love that. Now, let's talk about the Holy Spirit now, okay? Let's get everybody on the right page. What? John 14, verses 16 and 17. And by the way, you can find this in 14, 15, and 16, how he begins to share about the Holy Spirit. Watch what he tells them. And I, which is Jesus, will pray the Father. In other words, or ask, if you look that word, it means ask to, pray. That's what you're doing. Talking to the Father. And he will give you another helper. Now, I've got that in yellow there this morning because I want you to notice this word helper, how he uses this over and over and over. That he may abide with you for a season, for, forever. If, he's gonna, if, if the Holy Spirit's going to live in me forever, I want to know about him. I want to know everything about him. So forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. That sounds familiar today in, in half the world that's living right now. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Why? For he dwells with you, and this is the part I love, and will be in you. Did you see that? He will be in you. And he goes on in John 14, 16, and 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot see receive, uh, cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay, now we just read that. But let's go on to John 14 verses 25 and 26 now. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. John 14, 25, 26. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you but the helper, there's that word again, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will what? He will teach you all things. How was I able to know that about that guy? It wasn't on my own knowledge. It was the Holy Spirit in me that directed me and gave me wisdom to know. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things. By the way, you study for something, you lose something. You know what I do? If I lose my keys, I pray, God, help me remember what I've done with it. Listen, the Holy Spirit will help you find them. Remember all things that I say to you. Let's keep going here. Now, he really pours it on now, and he begins to tell us what the Holy Spirit will do. I love this. John 15, verses 26 now. But when the helper, there's the word again, comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will what? He will testify of me. And then he goes on in John 16, verses 7. Now watch what he says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Why? For if I do not go away, the helper, again, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now he begins to say something, the most amazing thing that he says through this whole conversation is this next scripture right here. 
And this is why he's telling, telling them all of this, because he knows he's going to be gone. In John 16, verses 12 and 13, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, you can't hear them now. I don't have enough time to tell you everything I need to tell you. But I got some good news. Here's the good news. You ready for it? He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. All of it. You know, by the way, I don't have to tell you what sin is. If I do, there's a problem. Because the same spirit living in me is living in you. We should all know what sin is. Why is it that, 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 that people kind of like, well, that's not sin. Well, that's sin. That's not sin. Well, what, what's doing that? That's called confusion. That's called, the, that's called the spirit of this world confusing the mind of people what sin is. Because here's the thing. When you yield to the spirit, you will be filled with the spirit. Yes. When you yield to the lust of the flesh, you'll be filled with the lust. Of the, so it's your choice. Whatever you yield to, you'll be filled to. Trust me, I guarantee you today, I guarantee you, Pat and I, you can get us in the room, and we can, we, we'd lined up. We'll know what sin is. We'd know what not sin is. We'll agree. Uh, we will do it. Why? Because the same spirit's living in us. And so there should not be any division in that. So why? Because all truth, not some of it, but all truth he'll reveal. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he what? He will tell you things to come. He'll show you the future. He'll, he will reveal things like, like all of us. We, 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 have a, we know that God's plan is for the church. It's like, Carl, you said this morning, God has revealed and there's going to be a great church rise up. And it is. And, it's, and we're this. I believe that. God has revealed that to them and we're believing that. And why? But, but he reveals what's going to happen in the future. Now, he uses this word helper five times. And it's the only time you're going to see this in the Bible, right here. Five times he uses the word helper. And it comes from a Greek word called parakletes, I think is how you pronounce it. Parakletes. And, and, and another word that derives from that is, is comforter. Okay? Now help. So basically, the Holy Spirit is described by many different ways. Helper, comforter. And I thought about that, and I thought about a story Many years ago, back when we lived over in Harrison, and I was changing my calipers and brakes on one of my vehicles. How many of you guys done that before? How many of you ever had gotten to a bolt and it would not come off? Has that ever happened to you? Okay, here I am. Pat wasn't there to teach me this, or he would have taught me this many years ago. I was out in, the, out in my garage working, and I, I was, got to this bolt, and my ratchet, I could not break it. I could not get that thing to move. I had been struggling with that for 45 minutes. I'm praying. I'm crying to God. I'm saying, God, there has to be a way this bolt comes off because men put it on there, and I'm a man. I know I could take it off. And, and my buddy, hallelujah, he heard my prayer. He sends my buddy to my house. He gets out of the car and says, Pastor Gary, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to get this dumb bolt off of my, off of my caliper. I can't get it loose. I, can't, I got new caliper. I can't put my calipers on. I got this one bolt. You know, the last, you know, the, the, the last 10 minutes of the project takes just as long as the first 90. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? 
But anyway, so here I am on that boat. He said, I think I can help you. He said, where's all your tools at? And I'm just sitting here. And they were just like four feet behind me. I said, help yourself. He said, I bet I could find something to get that off there with. And he goes over there, and I'm over there down there looking at my tire. And he's over there behind me clanging and clanging. And, and I had some uh, pipes over there that I had cut previously. We used for whatever, pipes. And, and they were like four feet and five feet. And he grabs one of those pipes. He said, I believe we can, we can use this. And he sticks the end of that pipe on there. And it's sticking way out here. He just takes a finger and goes, pop. And it comes right off. I'm like, what's that about? How'd you do that? He said, that's called a breaker bar. And it helps. No, what's he say? It helps you take things off. Look, I said, I was over there looking for like an hour to try to find something to take this off. I couldn't find it. But here's my point. How many times... Christians do the same thing. The Holy Spirit is living in you. And in the very room with me, there was something there to help me take that boat off, but I wasn't using it. I did not use it, and I did not know it was there because I didn't educate myself in that area. The same way with the Holy Spirit. How many born-again believers have an incredible Holy Spirit living inside of them, but they're not using him to his fullest capacity? Because there's so much more that he wants to do in us. But he's a gentle God. He's only going to go as far as you let him. Because, again, if you yield to him, you'll be filled with him. If you yield to other things, you'll be filled with that. Take the time to get to know and understand the power of the Holy Spirit. I think I put this up here in our notes. Every believer has the comforter and helper living inside of them. But many people never use him. It's like we got these little comforters at our house. You come to our house, we got these little covers on the edge, on the backs of every part of the couch for our guest. And if you're there and you get a little cold and we watch movies or whatever, you reach around your head and you can put that comforter on you and you feel good. We like to, we, I like comfort things in our house. I like to be warm. I remember when Denise and them, they start, first started staying with us, she was always cold natured. And so what I'd do, I'd give her a little treat. I'd take one of those covers, go throw it in the dryer, and heat it up for like five or ten minutes, and then pull it back out and throw it on her. She goes, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> it was comforting to her. But here's the thing. If you don't use it, you'll never know. And that's the same way the Holy Spirit is. Many people, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in. But are you using the Holy Spirit to his fullest capacity. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to be used. He wants us to use him, okay? So I'm going to show you three ways and three things about the Holy Spirit to understand him this morning that maybe you've not noticed before, okay? So if you go with me, if you're taking notes, write these down, three of them. Number one, and they're very practical, very simple, and we just talked about this one, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He is our helper. He wants to help us. And by the way, he helps us what to say. This morning, the Holy Spirit has a hold of me, and he's directing me, and he's helping me say what I need to say because it's not me, it's him because I've surrendered my life to him. Right now, I don't belong to me. I'm his at this very moment. God saying, God, you use me. I'm yours, God. How are you? So I'm now yielded to him in his control, in his power, and so he helps me speak the right things. And he also tells us what not to say too, doesn't he? And we get in trouble, man. This is where most marriages go wrong. You ever heard that voice? You better not say that. That's the Holy Spirit telling you to keep your mouth shut. But what do we do? We want to experiment with that. We, us guys, no, I'm going to say it anyway. 
And we say it, and then we end up sleeping on the couch that night, right? <laughs> you know, I, I thought, you know, I'm a man of God. I'm learning this thing. I'm, I was at a wedding one time, and this beautiful lady, I knew her. She was a friend of ours, and, and the Holy Spirit says, no, you better not say anything. I'm going, that's good. I'm going to be kind. I just want to compliment her. He said, you better not say anything. I wasn't listening. I went ahead and opened my mouth, and I said, congratulations. When are you going to have that baby? When, when you do? I'm not lying. It happened to me. I know you. I, it really did. She looked at me with this really ugly look in her eyes, and she said, I'm not pregnant. And then the Holy Spirit said, run. And I, I listened. I ran. I did. I got, I'm like, Lord. Thank God that was in Greenwood years ago. I learned my lesson that day. I'll never open my mouth at a wedding. I don't care if you're pregnant or not. I will not even, I'll, I'll, I'll just look at you. I wait till I'm spoken to before I open my mouth on that subject. So what bottom line is, he will teach you what to say and what not to say, okay? Now, John, John chapter 16 here shows us three ways how the Holy Spirit helps us, okay? Now, it's kind of odd the way I'm going to say this, and some of you are going to like, uh-huh. Now, watch. The first way is a simple way. Uh, the first one is this, is that he wants to help us, and he wants to convict us of our sin. But before we do that, let's go ahead and read John 16. I want to get ahead of myself. Watch what he says, three ways, and they're right here. And when he has come... That's the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world of sin, not just the saved people, but the lost people too. By the way, before you got saved, you had to have something convict you of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So let's talk about the first one. He came to convict the world of sin. Why? So the whole world will get saved. You need to get saved. And by the way, but if people refuse it, are not going to get saved. But I remember before I got saved, there was a conviction on my life. And, and I knew I needed a Savior. And that's what drew me to God. That's what drew me to the Holy Spirit. And I got saved. In John 16, verses 9, it tells us this right here. Let's go here. Uh, of sin, because they do not believe me. So again, before you ever get saved, you need to have conviction. The Holy Spirit is there to convict you that you need a Savior. Now, Again, and when I think about this, we don't need to, t I don't need to tell you what sin is. I don't need to tell you if you're sinning or not. I don't. I do not need to do that. And I get so frustrated. But again, and so look, we're all grownups. You ought to know what sin is. I shouldn't have to tell you. You can compromise. You can make excuses. You can get out with all your buddies. You can get with all your little sisters. And I guarantee you, you're going to find someone to agree with you. You will. Oh, they'll agree with you all day long. And you'll find groups. Show me your friends. I'll show your future. I want somebody who's going to hold me accountable, whether it hurts or not, and tell me the truth. Because that's what's, I'm going to have more respect for a person who's going to tell me the truth than sit around and lie to me and just go along with me. If I'm doing something to my wife that I shouldn't do, if I'm behaving wrongly, and they, look, my son got onto me yesterday. My wife and I, oh, here we go. I got busy. They, were going, they wanted to go down and get some pizza. And I, I, could, I, I was busy. I was trying to study a little bit. I, I had to do some bills. And, and, and they, they, they wanted to leave at noon. I didn't have time to leave at noon. I said, y'all go down and eat pizza or whatever. And, 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 and my son, he, 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 he challenged me. He said, Dad, he said, now, 
He said, you're going to have to stop this stuff, and you've got to put mom first. Make sure. You know, I'm like, oh, you're supposed to be in for the weekend. Quit. What are you doing? <laughs> Trying to tell me what to do. He's probably be here next service. I don't know. But anyway, if he don't show up, I'm going to get him. I said, what are you doing? Sleep in, huh? But anyway, but, but he has this wonderful way of telling me the truth. I'm like, oh, I wish you just wouldn't. I'm like, okay. And I, I said, I should have went. I, well, I'm sorry. I should have went, but whatever. But listen. I want people to speak the truth into me, not, not sit around and, 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 and get on board with the way that I think. Well, I think it's okay. No, I, you ought to know. Everybody ought to know what sin is. And, and by the way, it's his job. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict us. Let me show you here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to convict a person before they ever get saved that they need a Savior. And he doesn't, he's not doing it to make you feel bad. He's doing it so that you'll get saved. He's doing it so, so, so you can live forever. You don't have to die. And again, before I got saved, I felt this conviction in my life. And so number one, the Holy Spirit helps us and convicts us of sin. Okay? He convicts us of sin. And the, the second thing that the Holy Spirit does, our helper also convicts us of righteousness. Now, this is a little, little tricky because you might not understand righteous. Now, that makes sense. Now, righteous living is living godly whole. That's righteous living. But there's a difference between righteous and righteousness. Righteousness is, is, is saying that puts us in right standing with God. And so we need to be convicted that now I am now in right standing with God. Let me give you the scripture here in John 10 verses 10 or 16, 10 of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more because I'm no longer going to be with you. You got to feel good about yourself. And the only way you can feel good about yourself is when the Holy Spirit convicts you of righteousness. You're still in right standing with God. I'm still pleased with you. I still love you. I still care about you. That's a good conviction. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I'm convicted of righteousness because I'm now in right standing with God. Before when you were a sinner without God, but with God, you're now in right standing with God. There are some of you, the enemy's there in your face saying you're not good enough, you're not holy enough, you, you might as well quit, you might as well give up. How many of you ever felt that way? I got news for you. Be convicted of righteousness this morning. Know that, wait a minute here, even though the enemy may say this about me, my God says I am in right standing with him because God's conviction of the Holy Spirit says that I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Amen. But he's going to try to convince you. How many of you have been convicted of sin before? We know what that feels like. Think about this. When's the last time that you've thought about being convicted of righteousness? When's the last time you're driving down the road going, "Woo! I'm in right standing with God. Let the Holy Spirit convict you of righteousness. Isn't that good? I've never been taught that. That Be convicted of righteousness. You're okay. You're okay. Okay? So so now let's go next. And here's the third thing that he convicts us. Our helper, because he's our helper, he convicts us of judgment. Here's another tricky one. What's judgment? That's kind of weird, doesn't it? Let me explain this to you. Let's read the scripture first in John 16, verse 11. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. You have to understand the ruler of this world is Satan. 
and he's there to falsely accuse you. He judges you and makes you feel like that you're a failure. He tries to bring condemnation on you. He tries to bring guilt on you. He tries to bring shame on you. But blessed be God, we are now convicted by the right judgment because he is no longer the judge. We now have a new judge, and his name is Jesus. And he has judged us, and he has sentenced all of us to go to heaven because he's the new ruler. He's taken the authority of Satan away, and he's given us dominion and power and authority over him. Because why? Because I have been convicted of judgment. Because I now have a new judge. There's a new judge in town. Isn't that good? Let me show you. He's a, he's a, well, who the rulers of this world? It's Satan. Let me, let's read, I'm going to go through these scriptures here. John 12, verses 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Who is that? That's Satan. Let's go to the next one. I'm just going to show you right now why we need to be uh, convicted of judgment because this ruler tries to convict us all the time. In John 14, verses 30, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. That's the enemy. That's Satan. Let's keep going. Go to the next one. Uh, That's my thought. (laughs) The real judge, in other words, is what? Gives us dominion and power over the enemy. That I've already shared that. Whenever you're convicted of judgment, now we have dominion, power, and authority over him. So the rule of this world has been cast out. We now have dominion and power and authority, and his dominion and power and authority has been taken away. Amen. So know that this morning. Now let's go to this thought. The real judge gave us what? Dominion and power over Satan. And so those are good convictions. You need to be convicted of sin so we can get saved. And after we're saved, we need to be convicted of sin so that we can stay saved and be forgiven and know when we're done, do something wrong, that we ask for forgiveness. And then we also need to be convicted of righteousness, knowing that we're in good right standing with God. Okay, we need to be convicted of judgment, knowing that we have a new judge. We don't have to be judged by an old ruler, but we now have a new judge and who sentences us to go to heaven. Okay. And so now here's the second thing that the helpers come to do. The Holy Spirit wants to do in us. Number one, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And he does those three things. That's how he helps us. And here's the second one. The Holy Spirit is our friend. Now, as you read, by the way, I'm going to encourage all of you because I'm getting to grab this book. You'll love it. And I just want to tell you this morning, he's your best friend. The best friend you could ever have. And he's not goofy. No. He's not weird. Amen. He's not silly. But the enemy has done a wonderful job at trying to do that, to get people to shy away from the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me show you here. Let, let, let's dig in here because I remember growing up in my life, I, I was a part of a church that really never taught it. But, but after I received my prayer language, I thought, well, maybe I need to get with some groups here that understands this thing about the Holy Spirit. And what I discovered were there were just two groups. There was a group over here that didn't believe in makeup, didn't believe in cutting your hair, didn't believe in wearing pants. You got to wear a dress all the time. That was one group. And then the other group, they, 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 they talked about the Holy Spirit. Then you had the other group that, that wore too much makeup and wanted to go get their hair fixed every weekend to make them look like beauty queens and wear their pants so tight that, you know, whatever. I don't know. And so here I am trying to decide which group I'm supposed to be a part of. That's confusion. And the enemies created that junk. Amen. 
And he's trying to do that to get people to shy away. And so here's what we do when you fall in the middle. Where am I supposed to land here, God? Well, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, well, well, I I, I, I want a little bit of the Holy Spirit, but I really don't want a lot of the Holy Spirit because he's a little goofy, a little strange. So, so, So I'll just take a little bit of the Holy Spirit in small doses. I got news for you. There's only one dose he gives you. Let me show you. Are you ready? Go with me. I I don't make this stuff up in Acts 1 verses 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, okay? He doesn't say you shall turn goofy. It doesn't say you need to be weird. You just have, I had power, and God used that power to help another individual. Now, when I walked up and ministered to him, I didn't go up to him and go, whoa, the Holy Spirit. I saw a bright light and he came in my presence and he told me to tell you. We laugh, but that happens. God doesn't need our goofy help. And I don't mean to be offensive, but if a person's goofy before they get saved, They'll be a little goofy after they get saved. We need to pray that God works with them. And I'm sure, seriously, I'm sure God is in heaven talking to Jesus and saying, how can we correct this? But what, what it does, but people shies away from that now. And there are some of you here today that you don't want anything to do with it because of goofiness silliness gone on in church. And God said, it's time we teach about my Holy Spirit because it, it, they're going to live with them the rest of their life. And it's not goofy. It's not, he's my best friend. I don't want to get in my car and go anywhere without the power of God living in me. Amen. Never go anywhere. I want the power of God. I want this power. And then he goes on and says in John 14, verses 12 and 14, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also. And greater works than these he will do. Why? Because I go to my Father. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, and what does he want us to do? Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out spirits. I know that sounds goofy. You don't want to talk about that. But that's true. If someone's going through depression, God, pray over their depression. Get them set free. If someone's battling with the demon of alcohol, I'm going to pray for them. What does he say? Preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out those spirits in Jesus. That's what he says. He doesn't say go weird. Don't don't, don't go nuts. Just relax. (laughs) And you know what I believe what happens is the enemy got afraid. Whenever the book of Acts happened and the Holy Spirit came and restored back to the church, back to the body of Christ, the enemy got scared. You know why? Because the world was turned upside down by that power that was released that day. And I believe he was sitting there going, I, I got I to shut this thing down. I got to bring controversial to this thing. I've got to find weird people to use this thing. Because the more weird people I find and the more weirdness I could get going on, the more people's going to shy away from this power that can set you free. Amen. No wonder he works so hard. No wonder he brings so much controversy. You got these people, well, what side do I need to go on? Well, I just found the land. I'm just going to just let him be who he needs to be in me. Okay? There you go. <laughs> so listen. Love you, Pastor Gary. <laughs> now, when I think about this, oh, thank you. I got one person, hallelujah. 
<laughs> and we're both goofy, aren't we, Alan? Because <laughs> we love Jesus. I love that guy. Oh, man. Amen. Let's go on. That's good. Listen, I believe where it goes wrong is the word evidence. You heard that word before? Okay. Uh, I get phone calls all the time. Do you all, do you all believe in, in, in speaking in tongues there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we believe in all nine of the gifts. No. And here's what I say. You need to be filled with the Spirit. What's the first thing we think of? Because we've been taught wrong. Speaking in tongues. No, that's not what I ask you. That's not what Paul says. He says, be filled with the Spirit. Where, the, where we go wrong is, is the word evidence. Because, because if, if you're speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit. That's, that's wrong. Because that, that word evidence, it, 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 all of a sudden now, it, it, it's very judgmental and it, and, it, and it brings pride. In other words, it makes you the judge. That makes sense? In other words, like you could see it with your eyes. Oh, oh, oh well, he's filled with the Spirit. She's filled with the Spirit. He's not. He's definitely not. You see what I'm saying? Because all of a sudden, then if you're basing being filled with the Spirit on speaking in tongues only, guys, you missed it. Because it's not the evidence. The better word to be using is benefits. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, there are benefits that comes along with being filled with the Spirit of God. And one of them are your prayer language, but it's not all of them. But the world has made a whole doctrine around that, and all the others gets pushed aside. And look, look, there's many evidences. And let me give you a couple of them. There's four benefits. There's power. You'll see people operating in power. That's what I did that day. I operated in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I shared the love of Jesus, that person. How about the most greatest one of all? Love. We don't talk about that. Oh, there's an evidence. The power of love ought to be the highest priority in a person filled with the Spirit because the Spirit of God is love. Or how about about, uh, the fruit? There ought to be fruit flourishing around a person that's filled with the Spirit, right? There's many different gifts. Or how about, you know, there's gifts that people have and being used those gifts. And so here's what I want you to understand. Don't limit the baptism of the Holy Spirit to just one gift. Don't do that. Because we become a judge. Who do we know? There's people, I know people, wonderful, never spoke in their prayer language ever. But they're filled with the Spirit. Don't get caught up in that. There's one thing I'm not going to do. You're not going to hear me speaking my prayer language right now because it's not going to benefit you. Paul specifically tells me, keep my mouth shut. All that's going to do is bring confusion to people that aren't saved. They're going to like, well, he's a guy lost his nut. Then I will be big goofy. Look, the people abuse that over the years. But listen, God has given me the interpretation of it. Someone starts speaking out in that right now. I have that gift. I can interpret that. I've done it thousands of times. But it's not about, I'm just telling you, there are benefits that comes along with that. But here's my thing I want to say. Please do not shy away from the gifts of the Holy Spirit because of the use or the misuse of them. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't fall in that category. Do not do that because I'm telling you, that Holy Spirit's going to live with you the rest of your life. The rest of your life, do not shy away from it. And so number one, the Holy Spirit is our helper. 
He convicts us of sin to know if we're living right or wrong. And he's our, he he's convicts us of, of righteousness, that, that we know that we're in right standing with God. And he convicts us of judgment, knowing that we have a just judge, and he's sentenced us to go to heaven. Okay, we have dominion and power and authority over the enemy. And secondly, the Holy Spirit is our best friend. You know why I know that? Because number three tells us this. The Holy Spirit is God. I was never taught that. You got God the Father. He's the authoritative one. God, God the Son, Jesus. Oh, he's the loving one. God the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's the goofy one. The enemy did good, didn't he? Because if he can get you to shy away from what's living in you the rest of your life and not release that, he's got you. You won't live in the fruit of the spirit that God wants to be releasing in you. Does that make sense? I'm hoping, praying, I'm bringing some serious balance this morning. And I, I'm trying to teach the church, you as, my, as, my, as your pastor this morning, I'm really trying to bring balance. If you all want to go pray in the spirit with me back, in, we'll go after church. I'll, I'll go with you. Matter of fact, there was a young man filled with the Spirit, got his prayer language last Sunday, but we all didn't know it. Okay? And so what am I saying? There's a lot of stuff. We, we have to understand. Let God do the doing, and we need to get out of the way and just let God be God. But, but God, the, the, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. That's it. The Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And my line, there's been controversial over this topic forever. There's some of you, I guarantee you, you was where I was at. And the enemy's got you convinced that it died. No, it didn't. Jesus just told them, I'm leaving, but I'm bringing a Who? What did he bring to you? What do you have? You have the Holy Spirit living in you. And when you have the Holy Spirit living in you, guess what? There are benefits that comes with that. Whatever benefit, pray for it. If you want it, go for it. But there's benefits that comes with that. Now, he's God. And I remember growing up in church, I, I was taught, i never forget it. They taught me about God. They taught me about Jesus. They never taught about the Holy Spirit. But they did teach me this. Listen, Gary, when you hear people start talking about the Holy Ghost, you need to leave. Don't, don't go near them. I'm going to say that again. I grew up in a church that told me, when you get older, Gary, there are going to be people talk about the Holy Spirit. You need to get away from them. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, they just told me to stay away from God. You see how the enemy's good? If he can convince you, and if he can use goofiness, silliness to get you away, for shy away from the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to do everything he can because he does not want you to experience. I'm telling you, as you're, I'm telling you today, he does not want you to go after it. And I'm, I'm challenging you today. You go run after the Holy Spirit. Take all that he's got. You go after it. Don't you let anybody stop you. Let me show you here. He's the third person of the Trinity. Let me, I'll, I'll just read a bunch of them. In John 14, verses 16, and I... And I, okay, I, Jesus, will pray the Father, God, and he will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit. There it is. That he may abide with you forever. Trinity, see it right there? How about this? John 14, verses 26. But the helper, okay, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father, God, will send in my name, Jesus. 
See it? Trinity. How about this one? In John 15, verses 26, but when the helper, Holy Spirit comes, whom I, Jesus, send to you from the who? Father. There's God. How about, how about just keep going? In Luke chapter 3, verses 22, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. Who's him? Jesus. And, and a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in you. I, God, am well pleased. Are you seeing this? You can't, it's, it's, you can't have one without the other. Don't run from one and stay with only two. No, you run to all of them. They're all there to help us and, and we'll grow and, 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 and be flourished. The Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, is God. Let's keep going. Matthew 28, verse 9. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of what? The Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Isn't that good? I'm telling you, he's your friend. He's, he's, he's God. He's my best friend. I wouldn't want to go anywhere without him. When I get on a plane, I'm praying to God. He's with me. I'm saying, God, please let this plane land safely wherever we go. Amen. Whatever I do, if I'm working on my car, God, please help me be able to get this car fixed. He cares about the things we care about. I don't go anywhere without the Holy Spirit because he's the one. He's my helper. He's my comforter. He's my guide. He's my strength. He's my everything. And he's my best friend. And he is definitely not goofy. Yes. Acts 5, verses 3 and 4. But Peter and Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And what did he tell him? He says this, you have not lied to men, but God. There it is again. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is God. Go ahead and come on, praise Tim. I'm done. Why am I sharing all this? Because over the years, people have tried to keep me away from the Holy Spirit. And I'm passionately in love with my father. Oh, my goodness. God had a wonderful plan. I remember I was a really tough one. Because I was born and raised, you know, in that environment where stay away from people. That's stay away. Well, really, what, what they were saying was stay away from the goofiness. I don't think they really meant the Holy Spirit, but it was because it was attached to silliness over the years. I don't think our church is silly. I thank God we have an incredible balanced church here. I want a church like Paul to do it right. I want God to look one day when we're done, say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, son. Way to teach my word. Way to get balance back into the body of Christ, you know? Listen, I am passionate about teaching people correctly of the word of God. And listen to me. If, if I can have it from the Holy Spirit, I'm going to take everything he's got. That's my choice. You have the same choice. You could either take it all or none at all. Okay, you do what you want. But for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to take it all because I need it all because he was the one who, who healed my body of cancer over 14 years ago. And I promised him, I said, God, if you just get me through this, I'll serve you. I'll do everything I can the rest of my life. And I'm doing my part. 
I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. There's times where there's, it got tough that I wanted to quit and I wanted to give up. And God always reminds me, son, do you remember the promise that you made me? I'm not done with you yet. But I couldn't have done anything without my friend, my best friend, my God, the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me and directing me. And times when I don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit begins to kick in praise for me. There's times when I go to places like, you know, we got Glenda and Mervyn back here when Kaylee went on to be with Jesus. Wow, what a wonderful service. But still, it's never easy to say goodbye. But what do you say? Sometimes you don't have the words to say, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to say and knows how to minister. Don't do life alone. Please, 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 please. I beg you, go after the Holy Spirit. Just receive all that you got from him. Don't let, don't let what everybody says. Look, you know the Holy Spirit is your best friend. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Again, he convicts us of sin. He convicts us of righteousness. He convicts us of, of judgment, okay? Those are good things. And secondly, the Holy Spirit is our best friend, and he's not weird. And number three, the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's God the, God the Spirit. And know that. Don't look at him differently. No, 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 no. He's a part of the same. He's, 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 he's the Trinity, okay? I want to read this that I, that I read, a little excerpt here, and, and I, want, I want to close with this. It says, unless a man is born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We are convicted by him, born again by him, led by him, and filled by him, and sealed by him. Holy Spirit's my best friend, my father. And he wants to be your best friend and your father this morning. And don't you think it's time that you just give it up and say, God, I surrender. I give you me. God, I, I surrender and God, I give you my all. And just let the Holy Spirit take control and start leading and guiding you. And beware though, when you do, he will convict you of sin. Immediately, he'll start to show you. And the beautiful thing, though, he'll convict you of judgment, that you're now right standing with him. And he'll convict you of judgment, that you now have a new judge, and you are sentenced to go to heaven because you now have dominion and power and authority over the enemy. Would you stand with me? I don't know who you are. But as I've been ministering this morning, I've tried to keep it as simple as I could. And I'm hoping that, that there are some of you that may have never, ever been taught about the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you were like me and you were confused and, and, and you got messed up early on in your life because of silliness. Don't shy away this morning. He's here. And he wants to love you. And if you're here right now, I don't know, you're, you're more than welcome to step out of your seat and let me pray for you. And I'll be more than happy to pray for you before you go. We'll have others here to pray for you before you go. 
Maybe there's some of you here for the first time you've never accepted Christ. And you need to make him your Lord this morning. Let me pray for you. I'll lead you. We'll walk you through it. But I pray this morning, don't leave without submitting yourself to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit this morning and just see what will happen.